Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. This is the second Sunday of January and the second Sunday of 2022, and we're all still here. Woohoo! Um, yes, Happy New Year. Um, and hopefully the weather will maybe do this for a little while instead of what it was doing. Um, I don't think I have any announcements. Oh, just a reminder, uh, worship committee, for those of you who are here, we're going to meet after church um, in, I think we'll meet in that room that's behind the cross. It's probably the, sorry, you keep moving. The finance room. Yeah, the finance room. I think we'll meet in there. That might be the easiest uh, space, so we're not in the way. Um, and I think that's all I have, so. Well, I'm back. I uh, wanted to let people know I'm tr getting things organized a little better. Uh, Sanctuary Choir will be rehearsing on Fridays at 4 o'clock. That way, if you're, you, know, you don't want to be driving at night, I had several <coughs> that didn't want to. So we're meeting Fridays at 4. You know, there's still sunlight when you can drive home. And you, know, if you, you don't have to have a solo voice. If you can just follow a melody, you're more than welcome to sing in the choir. All I want is you to have a song in your heart. Uh, second, Bell Choir is now established to be at 6 o'clock on Thursday nights. We've got that all straightened out now, at least as far as I can tell. Um, and I want to start up a youth bell choir. So if you have kids, I'm, I'm guessing maybe kindergarten or first grade on up, as long as they can count one, two, three, four. Um, and you know can play one bell, you know. And uh, the, these aren't the the big bells that the adults doing. These are ones that you just tap the top, like you know they used to have in the hotels, where you just ding it for a bellboy or something. They're very easy to play. Um, it's a good way to get them started, learning some music, you know, getting some more music in their lives. So if you're interested, please let me know after church or call me or whatever and let me know what time works best for people. Um, I'm retired, so I, I'm pretty flexible. Uh, if it works best right after school, that's okay, or right before our regular bell choir, I'm good. So just get back with me. Good morning. Um, a few announcements in the um, bulletin, and then I've got a few extras. First of all, I don't have to say anything about bell choir, because Kim just did that. We're still looking for items for our local veterans, still looking for some cleaning help. Christmas past items, I don't know if you saw when you walked in, there was a box there. We'll move that box and put a new one so you can bring your goodies. Um, the fundraiser committee meeting that was going to be scheduled, that was scheduled for tomorrow, we're going to postpone until the beginning of February. So there will be no fundraiser committee meeting tomorrow. Um, we are doing noisy coin offering today. Um, and we, Linda's been working really hard on our recipe book, our cookbook that we've been put, trying to put together, and there are recipes for you to proofread in the meeting room across from the office. So if you have some time to pick up a few and look those over, and then what we'd like you to do is initial them or sign your name at the bottom and let us know if there's any mistakes, circle them. If there's not, just put an okay on it. Um, we, as you can see, we have two prayer quilts here. The first one, the green, white, and black, is going to be for Harry Comstock, um, who, as I remember, fell and 
uh, broke a vertebrae, vertebrae in his, yeah. or cracked a vertebrae in his back. Okay. But he is, he's doing better. They're kind of telling him just to... Hang low. Yeah. And the second one that's not quite finished, because that's on me, um, is for Mike Smith, a neighbor of mine, a longtime friend who's uh, going through chemo for pancreatic cancer. So we will pray over those. As the children leave youth moment and they're walking out, if you feel moved to come up and pray over those quilts, that'll be the time when we do that. Thank you to everybody who donated hats, scarves, and um, mittens. We were able to bless three different organizations. We blessed some of our uh, families that we sponsored at Christmas time. We had some to take to the elementary school, and we took a couple bags of scarves over to Catherine Cobb that they were able to distribute. Oh, taking down of the greens today. As you noticed, most of the greens have been removed. Um, Linda and her little helper elves this week, Linda and Shirley did a whole lot. Um, all we have left are the, this tree here, and I think one tree out in the narthex, but then we have lots of crates to be moved over. So if you're able to help after church, Jim has brought his trailer so that we can move all the Christmas equipment, equipment back to the shed after worship today. And I think that does it. Okay. So if, oh, no, it doesn't. Excuse me, pardon me. I have a card to read. Thank you to everyone for the cards, kind words, and prayers during our family's difficult time. Your kindness means the world to us. We find comfort and are so thankful for our church family. This was written by Diane and Doug Wilcox. Now, if you are able, please stand and join me for worship, <clears throat> our call to worship. She's just, just really excited, excited for that song. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. That we may learn God's ways and walk in God's paths. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Our first hymn this morning is How Firm a Foundation, page 529.
God of glory, we know that you are coming at an unexpected hour. Come to us now in spirit and truth. Take us up into your presence and make us ready for your reign of peace through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And now we're going to do our affirmation of faith. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God, Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in our example of our blessed Lord to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. You may be seated. Come with gratitude and joy to the table of the Lord. Bring the works of your hands and the gifts of your lives as an offering of praise.
Please rise as you are able and join me in the doxology. We give you thanks and praise, O God, that you have built us up in faith and bound us together in love. By your grace, may all that we do show the glory of your name and serve the good of your people. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, and we will continue with hymn number 369, Blessed Assurance.
You may be seated. It is now time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite all of our youth and children to come up and grab a chair, and I'll meet you down there. Sheila for making sure we had enough chairs. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Everybody awake? Mostly, yeah. Yeah, I only have one cup of coffee, so I'm still working on it. Do you guys know what time it is? I got 11.23. Okay, that's pretty close. Anybody got anything different? We got 11.22, 11.23. Going once, twice, sold. All right. So, who knows how many hours are in a day? How many? Who knows how many minutes are in an hour? How many? That's right. Who knows how many seconds in a minute? 60, that's right. That's a lot of time, isn't it? At least it sounds kind of like it. Does anybody ever get, okay, let me try that again. Who here is really good at being patient? These two? Three? Okay. Who, who, here, who here has a hard time being patient sometimes? Yeah, yeah. I know it's probably hard to be patient sometimes around maybe like your birthday, Christmas, that kind of stuff, yeah. Or if you're really excited because you're going to go somewhere or do something fun. You know, we, we use clocks to measure time. Um, and that all started way long time ago where they used the sun to measure time, um, they did. They had a sundial, which is a circle and a triangle, and based on where the sun made the shadow was how they figured out what time it was. Um, the problem was, depending on where you were in the world, you might have a different time than somebody else. Well, if you were here, somebody in, say, Florida might see... Actually, no, that's probably still the same time. Somebody in Washington would see a different time. Yes. That's right. So time can look a little bit different for all of us, but we all measure it the same way. Have you guys ever thought about, though, how God measures time? What do you think? With his brain? Yeah. Do you think God has, has a watch on his wrist? No. no? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I've never asked him, but I, I don't think so either, because when it comes to time, God sees time a little bit different than we do, and it's really kind of cool, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try really hard to explain this so that it makes some sense. God can see all time at once. So what that means is that God can see the past, the present, so everything going on right now, and the future, and he can see it all at the same time, like 
a really big widescreen TV. How cool is that? It is pretty cool. There are times I wish I could do that, and there's times I'm actually kind of glad I can't, because um, it would ruin the end of movies. Um, but, but you're right. It would, if we could see into the future, we might make different decisions to, to make things better for ourselves and other people. But God sees time differently. So there are going to be times in our lives where maybe we really want something. We've been praying about something. We've been, been asking God about something. And God hears us. But God might choose to answer those prayers in God's time, not in how we measure time. So it's not necessarily that God is saying no. It might be that God's saying not yet. Um, and sometimes that's hard because it might be that we're, we're, it might be more than a day. Yes. No, it's not necessarily that you don't deserve it yet, but God has a plan for everything. And so God might want you to wait for reasons that we don't know or understand. It's not necessarily whether you deserve it or not, um, but God has reasons and things that we just don't always know. Um, but it, it can be really hard when it's somebody, maybe we're, we've been praying for someone we love to get better who's been sick. Um, and that's hard to wait for that. We really want you know, God to answer that prayer right away. Sure. So, I know it's hard, but we got to trust that God will work in God's time and will always do what is best for us, okay? And I know that's kind of a big concept, but we have to remember that just because we see a minute or an hour go by, that might be almost no time to God. What, what is our entire life, someone who's lived, say, 80 years, that might be like a second to God. But God might also see the seconds that we have in between words we say or things we see, that could be like a year for God, because God sees all time. A year and a week past. Yeah. So what I have for you guys today is something that your Sunday school teachers are going to help you with a little bit, but I have some watches for you guys that you get to put together. They're, they're, not, they're not real. Um, Pastor Michael didn't have that much money, but um, they're foam, and so they're comfortable, and there's, a, there's stickers, and it says, time to give thanks. Um, so I'm going to give you guys each one of these. Uh, right before you go, but first, uh, Miss Sheila talked about our two prayer quilts. We're going to pray over those um, for, the, for the people, for Mr. Harry and Mr. Mike. Um, we're going to pray over those, and then when you guys go to Sunday school, I'm going to invite the rest of the adults to come up and pray over them if they want to. Um, so what I want you to do is and you can do however you want. You can fold your hands. You can hold your hand out towards the quilts. Um, you can close your eyes however you want to pray. And I want you to listen close to what I'm going to pray for us, okay? Holy God, we ask that these two quilts be 
blessed not only by the people here today, but by you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We ask that these quilts could bring warmth and comfort to Mr. Harry and Mr. Mike. We ask that they would get some peace and rest with them. May they be, bring joy to them, the beautiful colors that they show, as well as the colors that are in their souls. We ask that you would help them to know how much we love them, how much you love them, and may these quilts always be a way for them to feel like they're getting hugs from you and from us, even when we can't be there with them. In your holy name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, I need you to come up and get a watch, and then you're going to go to Sunday school, and they're going to teach you things, and you're going to do stuff, and it's going to be lots of fun. I think there's two there. Oh, and don't forget suckers. Silly me. And there are extra watches if anyone wants one. But there's a piece you need that the Sunday school teachers have. So you'll have to get that from them. Congregation, I'd like to invite you now for the next few moments if you would like to come forward and pray over the quilts. Um, we'll take maybe three or four minutes um, and just do so as you are comfortable.
Yeah, that's fine. Holy God, we bless this noisy coin collection. We ask that it might make incredible sounds of joy and thanksgiving in your world. May they rattle and resound in the hearts and the lives of those you would have it go to. Amen. If you look in your bulletin, you will see our uh, list of prayer requests. We are continuing to pray for uh, David, um, who contracted COVID. Um, so we're praying for him to get better and hopefully his symptoms not be too bad and prayers for the rest of the family that they don't catch it. Uh, we're praying for Lisa, a good friend of Sandy's. Um, or, and I'm sorry, Lisa's family, and as well as Sandy and her family, uh, Lisa passed away uh, at the end of this last year. Oh, her son passed away. My apologies. Um, so we're praying for Lisa and her family, whose son passed away at the end of the year. Uh, we are praying for Susan, a friend of Sheila's, who is once again battling cancer, um, and the treatment they had been using was not working, so prayers for peace and comfort for her and that um, they can find uh, something else to help combat that. We continue to pray for Fred uh, Bauman and for Wilda and Paul Hawkins. Uh, they are, Wilda, as I mentioned last week, or not last week, earlier last year, uh, is home and recovering um, Continue to pray for Molly, uh, who is continuing with her cancer treatment. Yes. Oh, thank you. Okay, yes. Molly is actually um, at her son's house um, on hospice care right now. Uh, so please keep her and her family in your prayers. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Harry, uh, who, as we mentioned, had fallen and I guess it was broke a vertebrae. I thought it was cracked. Um, I was able to visit with him. Uh, Diana and I went to see him and, um, thank you, Norma. Uh, and they both are doing really well. Um, Harry has mostly been told just to, you know, no more drag racing up and down the driveway um, and to, to walk more carefully. Uh, but they both were in very good spirits and shared a lot of amazing stories. I don't know how many of you know that uh, when Harry was uh, drafted, uh, he spent part of his time in Alaska. Um, and uh, he told us all about that and about Norma. He still remembers her getting off the prop propeller plane um, with a baby in one arm and a, a six-week-old? A six-week or six-month-old baby and a diaper bag on the other uh, hand. And she got to fly a propeller plane from up here all the way to Alaska with several stops in between. Um, 
And then prayers for uh, Carl, a friend of Sarah and Sue's. Um, He passed away from kidney failure, so prayers for his family and his friends. Um, And also continued prayers for um, uh, Pat Duday. We were able to visit with her. Um, She got a new puppy um, who is a bit of a handful, so uh, her grandson is helping Uh, with that, but prayers for her and the puppy that they can make it all work. And she shared with us um, her daughter, Amy, um, in Escanaba, has been having some health issues with her diabetes and some other things, so we're asking for prayers for Amy uh, as well. Yes. So prayers for Emma's... um, uh, yeah, Mother Aubrey, who is fighting COVID. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Prayers for Janet, who will be undergoing uh, breast cancer surgery on the 17th. Do we have any others? Yes, sir. Do you know his last name or? Okay. Well, we will pray for him and for his congregation and all of his uh, friends and those who have known him and worked with him. If you would join me now in an attitude of prayer. Sisters and brothers in Christ, for the sake of the world that God so loved, let us pray. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for peace in every nation, that people will turn their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and study war no more. We pray for the peace of the church. We pray for peace in Christ's body. Put an end to fear and fighting and help us to proclaim in word and action the good news of of salvation to all. We pray for the peace of this community. We pray for peace in this place, for safety in our homes and streets, for the prosperity of our neighbors. We pray for the peace in the human body. We pray for healing for all of those in need, for the names we have lifted as well as those we keep quietly on our hearts and minds. We pray that their bodies may be healed. And for those who will not be able to be healed and will be coming home to you soon, we pray for their peace. We pray for their comfort. We pray for their loved ones. God of the future, make us ready for the coming of your reign, when you will bring everlasting peace and renew the face of the earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. O God of our people and Lord of every nation, 
Let your word ring out from the mountains and your spirit shine forth in the earth so that all may hear your teaching and all may do your will through Jesus Christ, our peace. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Acts 1, verses 6 through 11, NRSV version, the Ascension of Jesus. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Our next hymn is O Church of God United, number 547. Please rise as you are able.
seated. We continue in our scripture readings in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew. We will begin with Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 32 through 37, and then continue to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 36 through 34. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. O oh God of all time, we often find ourselves scattered, scrambling, trying to save time, make time, hide from time and control time. Who are we to think that we have such ability or influence? And yet you continue to walk beside us, guiding us, showing mercy to us and loving us. We ask that you would spend this time right now with us, open our eyes, our hearts, our souls, that we might welcome in your Holy Spirit and see time in the way that you do or as you would have us to see it. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to all of you. For the remainder of the month of January, we will be following a new sermon series that I have crafted titled, Life Without Keeping Time or In God's Time. And yes, if you may have been wondering, the format of that title, which is really two titles joined together by the word or, that was in fact inspired by my having watched old episodes of Rocky and Bullwinkle when they would use that same format at the end of the show to title the upcoming episode that they were asking you to tune into next week. But for the next four weeks, we are going to be talking about time. We're going to talk about our perception of time, the concept of our time versus God's time, 
the idea of keeping time and how we choose to spend our time. Time can be a truly fascinating thing when we think about it and conceptualize it. There are countless books and essays written about time. We have something of a fascination with trying to control time, even spending countless hours in an effort to one day travel through time. So let us take some time today to talk about time. There is an author, journalist, screenwriter, playwright, radio and television broadcaster, and musician, Mitch Albom, who may be best known for uh, being the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, and as you can tell by all those titles I just said, is quite an accomplished individual. He has sold over 35 million copies of his books worldwide. He has been published in 41 territories and in 42 different languages around the globe. And in fact, several of his works have been made into Emmy-winning and critically acclaimed television movies. Great. So what? What does Mitch Album have to do with our sermon time or our worship theme for today? Well, in his fable, The Timekeeper, Mr. Album wrote, Try to imagine a life without timekeeping. You probably can't. You know the month, the year, the day of the week. There is a clock on your wall or in the dashboard of your car. You have a schedule, a calendar, a time for dinner or a movie. Yet all around you, timekeeping is ignored. Birds are not late. A dog does not check its watch. Deer do not fret over passing birthdays. Man alone measures time. Man alone chimes the hour. And because of this, man alone suffers a paralyzing fear that no other creature endures. A fear of time running out. He also wrote, As mankind grew obsessed with its hours, the sorrow of lost time became a permanent hole in the human heart. People fretted over missed chances, over inefficient days. They worried constantly about how long they would live. Because counting life's moments had led inevitably to counting them down. So in every nation and in every language, time became the most precious commodity. For more years than any of us individually have lived, and really even collectively, if you were to add all of our ages together, that larger number, even more than that, and for almost all of known human history, we have been obsessed with time and when the end of time will come. A quick Google search will bring up hundreds of thousands of results about different groups and individuals who have claimed to know just when the end of time is going to come. Back in the year 2012, there was something of a phenomenon that brought forth a whole range of eschatological beliefs, or the, the part of theology that is concerned with the final events of history, that cataclysmic or world-ending events would take place on or right around December 21st, 
2012. Now, part of this, as many of you may know and remember, was tied to a Mayan calendar that had been discovered some time back that seemed to end on that date. And yet, here we are, still kicking around. Back in the ending of the year 1999, many people were convinced that the world would end at midnight on December 31st as the clocks ticked away into the new millennium of the year 2000. That is a time that is forever burned in my memory because I remember that New Year's Eve, our family always spent time together on New Year's Eve. We'd have snacks, watch movies, and ring in the new year together. And that year, my father could not be with us because he had to stay at the hotel he worked at as the locksmith in downtown Chicago because there was fear that when midnight struck, all the computers would go down, all the electrical grids would fail, and all of those locks would either permanently stay locked and people would not be able to exit, or important locks would somehow become unlocked and valuable things would be left for the taking. That didn't happen. The world has kept going. People have been trying to predict the end of time or have claimed to know the end of time for what seems like almost the beginning of time. Whether tied to a prophecy or an astrological sign or something else, including a mathematical formula based on numbers found in certain parts of Scripture that I still don't completely understand the logic with, no one has been right so far. And if you think about it, that's a pretty rotten track record for our species in terms of trying to predict something. Although I think it is worth noting that there have been many times in the past, really not even 100 years or so, that we have gotten close to causing the end of time, or at least the end of most life on this earth. The number of times since the invention of nuclear weapons where we have come within a measurement that we probably really don't want to know of everything being blown to kingdom come, well, that can be kind of sobering. But what does Scripture say? As if you don't already know from our readings just a few moments ago, but I want to go back there and dig in a little bit deeper. Both of the readings that I read to you from Mark and Matthew's Gospels are headed with the same words in the New Standard Revised Version of the Bible, the necessity for watchfulness. And right away in the very first sentence, the very first words of both of these passages, we are told the answer to this confounding question about the end of time. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. And but about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Almost perfect mirrors in the words that are used. There is the answer. No one knows when the end of the world will come or the end of time or existence or however you want to describe it or think about it. No one knows but God the Father. Period. The end. Amen. Just kidding. There's more. Now, I am not kidding about the answer being right there. No one knows but the Father. So why do humans, why do we keep trying to discover when the end will be? 
And furthermore, did anyone catch the potential faith conundrum in both of those sentences? It said, or they say, nor the Son, but only the Father. But I thought the Son and the Father are together in the Trinity with the Holy Spirit. As one God, three in one. How can one part of the Trinity, the Father, or potentially two, the Father and the Holy Spirit, since the Holy Spirit isn't specifically mentioned that it doesn't know, but either way, how does that work, that one part of the Trinity wouldn't know what the rest of the Trinity knows when the Trinity is one? Well, we're going to start with that deep theological issue first, and then we'll go back to our obsession with time that humanity seems to have. Now, interestingly enough, most biblical scholars argue that Mark... In this passage, he wasn't talking about the end of the world in general, but rather the day of the Lord or the end of the evil age and the beginning of the coming age of righteousness. He may have also been referring to the return of Christ, which could be all mixed in with that as well, signaling judgment and all other kinds of fun. And since Matthew most likely had a copy of Mark's gospel when he was writing his own gospel— it's pretty safe to assume that Matthew was headed in that same direction. Matthew liked to copy Mark's work quite a bit, but then would also add in his own flourishes and poetry and imagery. But back to the whole nor the sun part. Biblical scholars are actually divided about the authenticity of those words, whether or not those words were actually said by Jesus or if they were somehow added in later on, and for what purpose. Most find it inconceivable that the early church would have invented this saying that would make Jesus then be ignorant of something. There are some scholars that think that the early church did attribute these words to Jesus to absolve him of any error when it started to become more apparent that his return was not going to be happening within the first generation of Christians. But the other side of that argument is that the early church could have absolved Jesus from predicting an early return without calling him ignorant or saying that he didn't know. The real difficulty of this statement, nor the Son, can be seen in the fact that many manuscripts of Matthew, uh, chapter 24, verse 36, as well as a few of Mark, omit the statement, and that Luke omits the verse altogether. But it definitely seems more likely that Jesus said these words, nor the Son, and it was meant more as a part of the humanity of Jesus. That would mean that the divine part of Jesus would have known the day and the hour, but the human part would not, as he was both fully human and divine. Those sides coexisted, intertwined even at times in ways. But to be fully human may mean that Jesus did not know the human humanity of him, did not know at the moment in when he was speaking those words when the day and hour would be. And this idea is supported in our earlier reading from the book of Acts. 
in verse 7 where it says, Jesus says, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. It would make sense if the human disciples were not to know the times. Maybe neither did the humanity of Jesus know them either, even though the divinity of Jesus would have. Crystal clear, right? Perfect. All right, moving on. So humanity's obsession with the end of time, what is the deal? Well, I'm sure there are thousands of thousands of pages written on this very question from the viewpoints of theology, philosophy, psychology, and countless other areas of study. But here is my take for whatever it may be worth. I want to go back to one of the quotes I read to you earlier in the beginning of this message. As mankind grew obsessed with its hours, the sorrow of lost time became a permanent hole in the human heart. People fretted over missed chances, over inefficient days. They worried constantly about how long they would live because counting life's moments had led inevitably to counting them down. Soon, in every nation, in every language, time became the most precious commodity. There are some perspectives that say time is limitless and endless. But we also recognize that each of us are only given so much time here on earth. We are only given so many years, months, days, hours, minutes, seconds of life. Some get more than others, some get less. Some seem to have an embarrassment of riches in this area, and some seem robbed of what they should have had available to them. When we think about it, time does feel like a very precious commodity and one that we only have so much control over. Time is frustrating because while we can easily shorten how much time we have from how we take care of ourselves to the environments we live in and many other factors and actions we can take, we really don't have much ability, if any, to extend the amount of time we have. And yes, we, we talk about how we can find ways to save time or if we do certain things that will keep ourselves alive longer from, again, the way we eat, the things we do, etc. But the truth is that just like when the world will end or Jesus will come, we do not know how much time we really have. Do we have a set amount of time regardless of our choices? Does the time, amount of time we have fluctuate based on choices we make in our lives? Truth is, we, we don't 100% know. And we don't know when the end of time or the return of Jesus will happen. 
There have been countless books and movies made about both of those ideas, some more entertaining and creative than others. There are, there's one whose name escapes me that starred Justin Timberlake, and from what I remember in the previews, everyone had what appeared to be a clock on their arm, and you could see the amount of time you had counting down. And you know, there are people in this world right now who believe that they can cause the return of Jesus, mostly by starting wars or cataclysmic events in the Holy Land. We are not that powerful, my friends. Only God knows. So what if, even for a short time, what if we could set aside our obsession with time? And what if instead we spent more of our time enjoying the time that we have with the ones that we love? What if love became the more important and precious commodity instead of time? Not because it is scarce, but because of its abundance and the power it has in our lives and in the world. Amen. I invite you to turn to pages 15 and 16 as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. Um, if you do not already have with you um, elements, the prepackaged or some that you brought yourself, um, I believe we have some in the back uh, by the ushers. If you could raise your hand, um, they can bring those around. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth or you had formed the earth, from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. You sent a star to guide wise men to where Christ was born, and in your signs and witness in every age and throughout all the world, you have led your people from far places to his light. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, 
gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit and us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ, and the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In non-pandemic times, I would have done and said all of that from over there. And that table, that doesn't belong to me, to this church, to our denomination. That table belongs to Jesus, Jesus alone, and he has welcomed everyone to come and partake. You don't need to be a member of this church or United Methodist or a member of any other denomination. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your sexual orientation or identity, your mental or physical ability. It doesn't matter if you are rich or poor, young or old, baptized or unbaptized. All, all he asks is that you come with an open heart. Jesus doesn't see us the way we see us. We like to divide ourselves into little boxes and categories and further separate ourselves from each other. And that's not what he sees. We are all, in his eyes, beloved children of God, worthy of being and mercy and grace and love. So today, as we continue in our current circumstances with the pandemic, taking our elements individually, you can do this one of two ways. You can do intinction, which is a big word, that means to take your bread and dip it in your juice and then receive the elements together. Or you can choose to eat the bread and then drink the juice. Both of these are completely acceptable in God's eyes. Neither one is better or worse. Neither one is more communion-y. It's just a personal preference. Brothers and sisters, at this time, please receive your elements, the body of Christ broken 
and the blood of Christ shed for you and all the world. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing song uh, for this month, as I mentioned, November last year, uh, we were going to choose a kind of praise song to end every uh, service with, and then we'll use it for the entire month to give everyone a chance to get used to singing it and kind of learn it. So for this month, we are using Shout to the Lord. It's one that many of you probably already know. Uh, Martha's going to play it through once, and then we will sing through it twice. children of God, about that day and hour no one knows. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Be ready, for the Lord will come at an unexpected hour. May the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the Spirit's joy surround you as you walk in the light of the Lord. Amen.